WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costner. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz, traveling headlong into year number three of Spooky South Coast now. We had a great time last week on our anniversary show, and we'd like to thank everybody that called in, Donna LaCroix, Keith Johnson, Penny Dreadful, and some of our great callers over the last two years checking in. And we're going to have that show up on the archives uh, sometime this week. Uh, we're still working out the whole kinks of the brand new website at SpookySouthCoast.com, but hey, you know, that's technology for you, right? You got it. And we're going to go, actually, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about technology tonight. You know there's this invention called television, man? Yeah, I heard something about it. Yeah, it's a new, it's just a fad. But uh, no, I'm I'm being facetious. We have, uh, joining us right off top of the bat tonight, we have uh, Oliver Kamensky, and Ted Davis of the new sci-fi channel show UFO Hunters. Now, you might have seen the show Wednesday night after Ghost Hunters International. Uh, great first episode. It's going to be rebroadcast this Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, and we're going to talk to the guys because we need everybody out there that hasn't watched it to make sure that they watch it on Wednesday, especially if you have a Nielsen box. And then we want everybody who has watched and enjoyed it to get in touch with sci-fi. So we're going to talk to Oliver and Ted right now uh, about UFO Hunters. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, hey, spook- what's up? We're spooktacular, as we say here. So We're doing great, too. Now, talk to us about the whole concept of UFO hunters. I'd, I'd like to talk to you a bit about your background as investigators and everything, but uh, how did the concept come about of spinning off a, a, a UFO version of Ghost Hunters? Well, that really it came from the production company. Uh, they were looking to spin off and uh, really create a franchise. So they figured... Uh, well, uh, let's go see what else we can do. And uh, they, they went out looking for real-life UFO investigators and, and their teams to put together, much like they did with uh, Ghost Hunters. And there's always been a pretty large interest in UFOs, and uh, we know that Sci-Fi Channel has been looking for uh, a sister or companion uh, to the Ghost Hunters uh, show, and uh, I think UFO Hunters may, may be that. And, and you're both part of the group, the New York Strange Phenomena Investigators. You can check out their website at www.ny-spi.com. And you guys work with Bud Hopkins and the Intruders Foundation, so, I mean, you're pretty well uh, connected in the ufology field. Was there any kind of backlash from some of your colleagues about getting into the television side of things? Because, let's face it, it hasn't always been that uh, friendly to the UFO field. Well, actually, from the time that I started with Bud and Ted as well, 10 years ago, um, it was always our goal to help bring the science of UFO studies more to the mainstream science. 
And the largest conduit for doing that is actually through television. Problem is, it has to be handled correctly, mm-hmm. and uh, it has to be handled scientifically. And our group, as you know, is very well based in the science field. Uh, people in our team all have their own areas of expertise. Ted is uh, Ted has his own uh, areas in psychology and, and, and social work. I have my areas in engineering, and the other team team members on our team. And Dennis Anderson, he's a, a professor of astronomy at uh, Wagner. College in uh, Staten Island. Uh, Jed Turnbull, he's a uh, clinical hypnotherapist and trauma specialist. And uh, Denise Petty, she is actually a private eye. So we all bring different unique areas of expertise to the show. And as you mentioned, uh, television really has not been very kind to this subject. So, of course, we were always a little weary, but knowing the, the history there with Ghost Hunters, we figured that this was a good team to, to hook up with at Pilgrim Films because we knew that they treated the paranormal very fairly and objectively and would be good to the subject. And and just to clarify now, this, this episode that we saw, the, the pilot episode, this is the only episode that's been produced so far? So far, unless uh, if the audience wants more, they should tell sci-fi, and we would certainly love to do some more shows with them. Well, the info, if you want to get in touch with the Sci-Fi Channel and let them know uh, how much you enjoy UFO Hunters and that you want to see more of it, you can email them feedback at sci uh, You can also call their publicity department at 212-664-4143, or you can fax them 212-703-8533. We encourage everyone to do that because even if you haven't caught the show, you'll get another chance this Wednesday at 10 o'clock, and, and you'll see what it's all about. And you know, you'll definitely want to support it, and uh, we'll put links up to that at SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Uh, guys, uh, this, these cases that you investigated uh, for the pilot episode, they were kind of uh, older cases. Is there a plan that if the show does get picked up and you're making regular episodes, are you going to try to get out and, and get fresh on the trail of, of new cases as they happen? Actually, Tim, both cases were relatively new. The really? nor- The first case was the Normandy Beach case. That actually occurred just in September of 2007, so it was only a couple months ago. So that's a super-duper fresh case. And the second case, it was an older case. It was the Carteret uh, UFO sighting. It was a mass UFO UFO sighting in New Jersey and New York. But that had a lot of video evidence. Mm -hmm. And what happened was we had a lot of witnesses come forward later on, actually just within the last few years. So we decided to reopen the case and reinvestigate with these new witnesses. Sure, and you brought some some new information to the table. Right, but even that case was only from 2001. So we've really been uh, focusing on on fairly recent cases. Oliver, uh, I was receiving a number of reports from uh, friends of mine in New Jersey of uh, events happening down there. I'd be glad to forward the copies of what I've got to you to see if that'll help uh, your current cases you got going. That'd be great. Is that regarding the first uh, the Carteret case or the Normandy Beach case? Normandy Beach. Oh, great. Well, it's very recent, and uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on down there. Uh, several different reports, uh, right? Similar, similar type of events in the, in the nearby area. So, yeah. Terrific. I'll help you Thanks. Out. Not a problem. And, but to clarify a bit, what I mean by, uh, you know, older cases, I mean, uh, you know, there's things that have already been reported, you know, a, a couple of weeks before, or you've had time to, you know, at least look into them and, and gather more information. But I know with ghost hunters, they kind of plan out ahead of time where they're going to go, where they're going to film. And those are hauntings. Those are kind of, you know, something that happens over a prolonged period of time. And you can make your own plan around that. Uh, with UFO sightings, 
you know, it's kind of more of a you got to get out there. And as investigators, I'm sure you do it anyway. You're going out there as right. soon as these reports are coming in. Is there going to be the ability to, you know, grab the film crew and get them together in time? Or is it going to be more of a structured, you know, we're going to go out and film for these three months and work on these three cases? Well, there, it's basically there's two different uh, types of cases that we could pursue. One case and the most typical case is the case that uh, you have to actually research and you have to go back in and look at it like uh, a detective would look at a murder mystery. Mm-hmm taking the pieces of the puzzle and putting the pieces of the puzzle together. So it's not so much chasing as it is reconstructing. And uh, we have more of a CSI type of element to our show uh, as opposed to uh, uh, Ghost Hunters, which has an actual chasing element where you set up cameras and you try to catch something on, on camera. Now, with the advent of all these electronics these days, uh, people have cameras out all over the place and people are actually catching uh, UFOs in hotbed areas. Uh, so those are the types of cases that we could actually go out and research and set up our cameras in the same way that uh, these witnesses set up their cameras and continuously catch uh, UFOs or claim that they catch UFOs, and we can determine whether or not we can do the same thing with, uh, w- with our cameras. And, and that's one of the things that I like about the way that you've approached it is that you know, it's not going to be this, you know, running out into the field and making snap decisions, you know, based on what's going on. It's the fact that there will be that research behind it. It's a much more scientific investigation than if you were, you know, UFO chasers. I mean, the show is called UFO Hunters, but, you know, it's kind of more, you know, UFO well-researched before we go out there and hunt them down. <laughs> but that's too long of a title. <laughs> and speaking of titles, I mean, I, I guess we should probably we should probably get into this a little bit. Uh, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the official stance right now? No comment or the um you know obviously there's another channel an, another show on the the History Channel with the same name and I was reading a little bit of a behind the scenes industry stuff uh, between the two names and I I personally think that there's no reason why two shows couldn't survive with the same name. I mean uh, it, it works uh, in a number of different other venues. Are, are you concerned at all that you know? If there is two, people aren't going to be able to tell the difference between them? Well, we, you know, we'd hoped that our name would be different. That wasn't our decision. But I, we actually encourage people to watch the History Channel show as well as ours. And, uh, you know, if you can't catch both at the same time, you know, because the networks are dueling, hey, set your DDR or set your TiVo to record it. Because, you know, the more information that we can get out there regarding our subject, the better. I mean, we're in it for the research. We're in it to get the science out there. And we're in it to help the people that are involved. And, uh, you know, if there's two organizations out there that are doing that on television, terrific. Guys, I honestly don't know that much about the way the television business works behind the scenes. But in my opinion, especially when it comes to, you know, UFO studies and the audience that's out there for it, I, I think they're kind of savvy enough that they can figure out how to work DVRs and TiVos. And they realize that, you know, it's available on demand and, and that you uh, sci-fi rebroadcast it, you know, in the 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock hours immediately after the first airing. I, I think there's definitely the ability for both shows to survive, and I, I think people that are interested in the subject matter know that, and, and they can definitely make sure they can watch two shows. Not yeah, to mention variety. Agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, first of all, it's not like your cases are going to overlap, and even if they do, you're getting different perspectives of the same case, so I, I don't see a problem. I mean, there's 35 different ghost shows that are going to be on next week, including ones on the Sci-Fi channel that I saw, <laughs> and they're going to go to the same locations that Ghost Hunters International just went to. They're going to go to Chillingham Castle, the same place that GHI was just at two weeks ago. So there's definitely you know 
the ability to take these different perspectives and different takes. And the more evidence you can gather and they can gather and everybody can put together, then the, the more people might actually be willing to listen. And the good news is the UFO field, there are so many new cases continually coming up all the time. I mean, there's smaller cases and there's mass cases. So there's no shortage of uh, UFO cases to investigate. Is let me just ask you this, uh, and I'm sure it'll come up in future episodes of the show once once they do make them. But what are your beliefs that these UFOs are? Have you come to any kind of conclusion as to whether or not they're alien ships? If there's you know something else going on, something transdimensional? I think our approach. We're not debunkers, but our approach is very skeptical. We like to try to analyze what it isn't before we can analyze or you know decide what it might be. Uh, and that's, I guess that's kind of the way we work. I, Ted, you'd probably agree with that, Ted, wouldn't you? Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you have to push us, I mean, certainly you, you look at the best cases, and, and after decades and decades of research, uh, the idea that it could be an alien technology, um, it's certainly plausible. I, I would rather lean towards something like uh, aliens coming here from another planet before we get into other dimensions and time travel and things like that, just because it's a simpler explanation. I mean, you've seen enough in your investigations over the years to know that it's, you know, a lot of these cases could be explained away as technology we're not familiar with, you know, government projects and things like that. But at some point, when you get into the abductee cases, when you get into some of the, the things that you've experienced, they go beyond something that we can easily explain away as being of this world. Oh, absolutely. I think Ted and I will both agree that there's a, definitely something going on that we can't explain. In the hopes that there are more episodes made, I mean, are there some significant cases uh, that are, you know, well-known already that you want to go back and revisit? Oh, definitely. Um, we would we would do basically what the what the audience requests and whatever uh, the Sci-Fi Network would allow us to do. Um, we prefer cases that have multiple witnesses, that have a lot of video and uh, and photographs, uh, things that have uh, physical evidence that we could track down and we can you know, we can prove a case better that way. If you need help, I'm available. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Always hey. looking for investigators in training, right? What do they call it? <laughs> I've been doing it over 20 years. I don't think I'm training. I know, I know. <laughs> what do they call it on the show every time there's somebody new and they're a trainee? <laughs> yeah, well, and, and uh, with the ability to, to test a lot of these uh, materials, and you're going to be able to give some real scientific evidence uh, further down the line, but for some reason, you know, it's still harder to get people to buy into that type of evidence than it is to say to them, I just heard a noise, I caught this voice on a tape recorder, that's proof of a ghost. You know, what, what kind of challenges do you see coming up in convincing the audience with the evidence that you have? Uh, because we, we were talking about it before the show. We said, you know, so many people in this world have had a ghost encounter, but you don't hear so much people having the UFO encounters. And Matt Moni said, you know, that's not really true. A lot of people have had UFO encounters. Sure. Well, that's why we have to take a very scientific approach, uh, almost like, a, like I said, a criminal investigator would have to put together the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle in order to make it make sense. And that's the kind of approach that we've taken, you know, in our show, um, where we try to try to show to the um, uh, to the viewer that uh, that we have a case protocol put together that uh, decides whether or not, hey, that proves that whether or not something's actually going on. You know, in the two cases that we filmed, the uh, Normandy Beach case and the Carteret uh, case, both of those cases, everything that the viewer will see in, the, in that show that we filmed. All of the elements of that research were real. There was nothing forged at all. 
you might have seen some scenes that, for dramatic effect, were instilled in order to tell the story, uh, in order to tell the story. But all the research that went into that particular, those particular cases are real. I have to ask you, the regression session with uh, John Prudovan? Yes. Was that, was that actual regression? Was that actually how it went, or was that a little bit of dramatic effect? Uh, you want to know the truth? We wish to God that uh, the Sci-Fi Channel would actually allow us to show the true regression that John went through, but it has been tempered quite a bit. Um, well, let me just clarify. Uh, to answer the question, what was shown was real mm-hmm. footage of the regression, but it was limited footage. Very limited. Uh, so it just a made lot it... more to it, and it, it, it was a lot more uh, emotional and dramatic. The way it, the way it was edited, it made it seem like it all came rolling right out, and it wasn't really that case. It was more, you know, prolonged than that. That was very prolonged and very dramatic um, uh, event. Um, his hypnosis session. There's there's so much footage, unfortunately, that got lost on the editing room floor. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, we would love if some of that footage came out in another time. But uh, you know, the, the television company makes its decisions based on what they think was, is best for the show. And uh, that show actually turned out quite good. We were quite happy with it. Oh, it was, it was excellent. I I love the. I was going to say, you know, the Ghost Hunters. We've talked to them in the past, and they've run into the same problem with the edits, where you know it makes things seem like it was more. You know, the, everything happening all at once, and it's just because you know you're only limited. You have 60 minutes of time. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I was very impressed with, and you know, Jason and Grant at the end of every episode, or or uh, Robin, Robin his crew, you know, whoever at the end of Ghost Hunters, they always deem whether or not a location is haunted. And I was watching and I was paying attention because I wanted to see what you guys came to as a conclusion at the end of each of these cases you investigated for the show, and you didn't make a conclusion. You said, you know, we'll just keep this case open. It warrants more investigation. But nobody came out and said, well, I, you know, based on what we've seen, I definitely think this is a UFO. And I was very impressed with that. Well, we would never come and make a conclusion that we couldn't prove or back up. But we can definitely say, hey, this has a very, very, very high chance of being an unknown or close to being something that could be considered uh, an anomaly. And that's where the TV pressure can come in sometimes, where, you know, they, they want you to come out with that, and I'm glad that, you know, Pilgrim's willing to allow you to, you know, not have to make that determination. All right, guys, well, we'd like to thank you for joining us again. If you want to save UFO Hunters, get it to keep going into more episodes. I mean, is there a timetable? Is there a certain amount of time that, you know, you need to get a positive response uh, for them to say, okay, go forward? Well, we'd love to get as many viewers as we can for, you know, 10 o'clock show uh, Eastern Time this Wednesday. And um, and if possible, if the viewers, if they like the show, if they could just send an email or contact uh, Sci-Fi, say, hey, we want to see more, that'd be great. I mean, come on, there's a writer's strike going on. They need more reality okay. shows anyway, right? Exactly. It's so much it's- cheaper to produce and uh, much faster. Feedback at Sci-Fi.com. Uh, you can call 212-664-4143. 212-703-8533. And don't be afraid to call, folks. I've, I've talked to people at the Sci-Fi Channel. They're all very nice. They'll be happy to take all your calls. So make sure you call them and let them know that you want to keep UFO Hunters on the air. You want to see more episodes. And uh, be sure to check out their website. You can go to www.ny-spi.com or you can go to sci-fi.com slash UFO Hunters as well. Uh, so Oliver, Ted, thank you for joining us. Hopefully we can bring you guys in for a full episode somewhere down the line. 
Sounds good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good luck with everything, and uh, I guess uh, if if anything happens in our area, let us know, because I'm actually scared to death of getting abducted by aliens. So (laughs) if you hear any reports, give me a call. Just give me a heads up. All righty. Will do. All right. Thanks, guys. guys. Have a good one. Have a good one. Bye-bye. So that is Oliver Kamensky and Ted Davis, the investigators for UFO Hunters on the Sci-Fi Channel. Again, folks, please help us out. Make sure that they make more episodes because in the paranormal world, Matt Moniz, we say it all the time, it's not just ghosts. No. And uh, it's definitely not ghosts tonight because tonight we have our huge Super Bowl prediction special. We have Linda Lynch, a.k.a. Willow. She's in the studio with us. She's going to offer up her predictions. We're also going to talk to numerologist Doris Ann Bridgehouse, and we'll talk to astrologist Courtney Roberts. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into all of that. But we want your Super Bowl predictions too, folks. And we're going to put a prize pack out there on the line tonight. Matt Moniz, you're going to have to cough up some cash here because we're going to give away a T-shirt, a hat, some bumper stickers, a pen, and Linda has uh, donated to us a, a 10-minute phone reading. Or I, I guess if it's somebody local, you said they can do something in person with you as well. But uh, she's going to give a, a reading, a 10-minute reading to whoever wins. So, I mean, it's a great prize as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I I don't even have a Super Bowl s- score yet. It's going to be in the newspaper tomorrow. And I'd like to give it to everybody you know, now, but I don't remember what I wrote. So I'll see if I can look that up, and we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the Super Bowl predictions with your predictions as well here on Spooky South. on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. All right, welcome back into Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. How are you tonight, Matt? I haven't asked you yet. I'm doing all right. We had to jump right into the uh, no. discussion with the UFO hunters. Did you get a chance to catch UFO hunters? I didn't, not yet. So that means you have to watch it Wednesday night. Right. Do you have a Nielsen box? I don't. Oh, then don't worry about it. I'm just kidding. Make sure you watch it. All right. And uh, Matt Moniz, science advisor for Spooky South Coast, is here as well. And uh, we are about to get into our Super Bowl prediction special. Matt, I know you're not a football fan. But uh, I know that you are interested in psychic phenomena. And, uh, you know, knowing that you have that type of interest and, and you have that type of uh, research that you've done, what do you think? you have any kind of Super Bowl prediction before we get going? You want my guess for what the score is? Sure. Use your psychic abilities, whatever psychic abilities you might you have. You want my guess for the score? Yes. All right. 27 to 14. In favor of? The Patriots, actually. All right. There you go. Costa, I know you don't follow sports and you don't believe in psychics. So now what are you going to do? You're going to have to just go with what uh, your intuition tells you. My pick? Yeah, sure. We're, we're, we're writing all these down. So. Um, 53 million <laughs> to uh, three. That's I say in favor of the Patriots. God, by a field goal. <laughs> All right. Well, then there you go. I, I don't know if you're going to write down the whole 53 million, but uh, we get the point there. So those those are their predictions. But uh, every other prediction is on the board. Uh, you can give us your score. You can give us MVP. We're going to ask. I think we'll just you know take three things from you. We'll take the final score. We'll take the MVP, and we'll take what's one other what's one other thing we can take in the game. What do you think? All right, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with score. And we, we talked about this. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, obviously. So. All right, we'll take your final score, your pick for MVP, and we'll go with that. Did the coin flip, too? 
No, all right. You, you can make every single Super Bowl bet imaginable. But all right, well, we will give it to the experts now to make their predictions. And we have uh, with us in studio Linda Lynch. She's also known as Willow. She has her own website, windwalkerhealing.com, but she also does readings here locally uh, in the city of New Bedford at Three Sons. And that's in the north end? Right. Okay. Because should have. So, and if you want to check them out, and uh, I don't know how much promotion we can give to somebody <laughs> on the air, but definitely go check them out and, and have some readings done there with Linda. Now, Linda, you were in the story today in the in the newspaper. Yes. And uh, you made some predictions uh, for the game. When we talked earlier in the week, you said that you wanted to pick the Patriots, but that your intuition, the, the way that these uh, psychic abilities come to you, weren't allowing you to do so. Right. Um, I'm a Patriots fan. As far as the Patriots go, I'm not really a sports fan. Uh, my kids are. so. But I would love to see the Patriots win, being a New Englander. But I'm feeling, nope, it's going to the Giants this year. And is that just you get an – is there an image? Is there just a feeling? What is it? How it's do, a thought. Okay. It, it just kind of – it's there. It's a thought that comes. And when I asked uh, a few weeks ago – you know how we're going to do it's oh we're going to win we're going to win we're going to make it to the super bowl but that's as far as we're going to go so when do you see any kind of outcome for the game or is it just the final outcome i mean do you see some sort of you know it's going to be a very close game Mm -hmm. i see in the patriots as being the first uh touchdown okay okay and um the Giants quarterback, I said I'm not familiar with Eli, the, Eli Manning. Eli, Eli Manning is getting sacked at least twice, if not a third time. But I feel that the Giants are just going to go forward uh, a lot faster than they're expected to. It's going to look like the Patriots are going to be the ones that are going to take the lead, and they will for a bit, but I f- see the Giants coming out on top. It's going to be a very, very close score. Everybody's give, I know I've been reading a little here and there, and they're saying they're giving 10, 12, and even more points than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing it be more like a 26-23 Giants type of a score. Well, you know, when the Patriots first went to the Super Bowl after the 2001 season, there was a lot of talk of how they were the team of destiny, mm-hmm. and they were going up against the juggernaut St. Louis Rams. And now they're saying the same thing about the Giants almost, you know, the they're the team of destiny because they're the ones that are destined to keep the Patriots from you know doing the unthinkable here. How much can we put into destiny when it comes to sporting events? Is, does destiny kind of play a role into these teams? Uh, I, I personally, you know, I hear athletes all the time, thank God, I'm in the locker rooms, I'm covering these teams, and I hear athletes talk about God. And my own opinion is God really doesn't care what happens in a football field. God just cares about making sure that you do your part of what you're supposed to do in life, and as long as you do that, he'll reward you. So, But does that... Can we honestly think that that really does play into sports? Does destiny control what happens between the lines? Well, faith has a lot to do with what's going to happen. Right now, the way anybody who's making a prediction sees things, it's right now. That doesn't mean it isn't going to change tomorrow or during the game. Uh, what if uh, one or two of the players on either team get seriously hurt? They're good people. They're pulled out. Gee, that's just got to change things a little bit. And, and we talked uh, earlier this past summer for the uh, for the NBA that's exactly what you told me when we talked about the NBA draft and we were trying to predict the draft lottery and you said you know all it takes is for the least little thing to change and that changes everything else so and you know I do agree that we make our own destiny and I do agree that there can be some driving forces behind it but sports a little bit too insignificant for that to a monkey wrench always goes in there someplace along the way least unexpected what I tell people whenever they come from a reading 
right now, at this very moment, this is the way your direction things are going. Who's to say what you're going to do tomorrow or the next day isn't going to change? And you're going to go to a completely different direction. And in making the readings that you make with people, you know, if somebody comes in and says, uh, am I going to, you know, find love, say, for example, mm-hmm. it, by knowing your answer, does that kind of make that change? Does that change that path because they now know the answer? It's all it is for them is getting a confirmation. Okay. It's helping them point them in the right direction and say, yes, you will find love. I don't know when. I'm not going to tell you who because you have to learn the lessons and travel the road to get to the outcome. Because, you know, here on Spooky South Coast, we kind of have a, a regular bash Sylvia Brown segment. And then, you know, I don't know how, how much of a fan you are of Sylvia's no. work, but <laughs> I was watching a rerun of uh, Montel Williams uh, the other day, and she was on there, and somebody came on and said, you know, Sylvia, I just got engaged, and I just want to know, did I get engaged to the right man? And Sylvia just looks at her and says, no. No, he's not the right man for you. He's abusive. You know, he, he's very temperamental. He's not the man that you should be with. So I'm thinking if this lady really puts stock in what Sylvia Brown says. She's just she's messed going, up a relationship. She's going home, taking off the ring and saying to the guy, I can't do this based on some, you know, answer that Sylvia Brown just made up on stage at the Montel Williams show. We're not perfect. I don't consider myself a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. And when people come in and say, who am I going to marry? Am I getting divorced? Is this going on? I'm sorry. I can't tell you that. And it, you definitely can't tell them within two seconds on a national television show under that kind of pressure. Either. Right. All right. Well, we have the phone lines are all lit up here. So now it's important to stress here tonight that we're talking about you know Super Bowl predictions and and what we're going on. We're not really doing readings per se. We'll definitely like to have you back in sometime in the future to do that. But for tonight, we're kind of limiting things to talking about the Super Bowl and how psychic abilities can be used in that manner. So now we were talking about the ability of whether or not you know destiny can control sporting events and how much do you think you know knowing anything in advance can change things uh well if i told you that tomorrow at 2 p.m you're going to get hit by a bus at this corner of the street well definitely you're going to not going to do that you're going to go or stay home or go to a different place or something like that so sure if i tell you you're going to avoid it whether you believe me or not just because you don't want to take that chance but that doesn't mean that 10 minutes later when you cross the other corner, guess what? You're going to hit by a car instead. You're not so. necessarily seeing, you know, the, what, what you're being given isn't necessarily the next time that it happens. Right. You know, like if I say, for example, you know, I'm, am I going to meet the woman of my dreams, which I've already met her, but if I'm going to meet the woman of my dreams and you tell me yes, that doesn't mean it's going to be the next woman that I meet. Right. That's right. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hey, Tim. Hi. Um, one thing I think you might have forgot to bring up, I don't know if you know about it, was uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken offered $260,000 to the first player to do the chicken dance in celebration of a touchdown. Really? Yes. 260000 260000 Where'd they come up with that number? I don't know. To the first, and you know, it's, it's not going to take much for somebody to do a chicken dance. Because if you don't have a, a planned Super Bowl touchdown celebration and, you know, say, for example, you know, Vince Wilfork, you know, picks up a, a fumble recovery and takes it to the house, I'm sure he hasn't really had time to work on a Super Bowl touchdown dance. So he does that chicken. He gets himself a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Not a bad plan. You know, I, I know one person that might actually do it, and I think that's uh, Lawrence Maroney. I, I, think, ju- I think anybody would be a fool not to. No, how can you not? I mean... You're getting more than you're going to get for doing your own dance. Randy Moss won't do it, though. 
And if Kelly Washington should somehow happen to score a touchdown, he's going to show us the squirrel dance. He's already told us that. So, that so do you it. think? Uh, do you think Peter will uh, pick at one of these guys' houses after they do it, or what? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you think Peter will uh, have a demonstration outside no. one of these guys' house? No, they'll blame Kentucky Fried Chicken more than they will the player. All right, so we're going to get a score from you here. Ah. Uh. I think the Red Sox are going to win by 10. <laughs> All right, how about the Patriots and Giants game, though? What do you think about that one? Hey, look, if you don't think, if you don't believe in the Red Sox, man, then, then uh, I don't know. I do. I believe in them, but believe in the believe in the dream. I do. What's what's your what's your Super Bowl score? Do you have one? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Patriots by 40. Okay, well is- we'll we'll mark you down for that one. What do you think my chances are? I I don't know. I, I've right. seen them score and, a lot uh, of points this year, so it could be very high. I I uh, in the MVP is going to be uh, Matt Light. Matt Light MVP. Okay. Okay. I know it's 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 unprecedented, but <laughs> it is. I'm pretty sure that if you're gonna uh, if the left tackle does an MVP type performance, that means that the uh, quarterback also had the chance to do so as well. So. All right. Let's hope and, so. And. Uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, we thank you for checking in. All right. All right. Take care. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I will. I'm sorry, Matt. Am I supposed to say the big game? Uh, I, I know. Uh, are we broadcasting the Super Bowl here at WBSM? I think we are. Tomorrow yeah, it's uh, Sunday, go. 3 p.m. Super Bowl pregame, and then at 6 p.m. the call of the game with Marv Albert and Boomer Sison. So I guess we can say Super Bowl. Super Bowl. All right. And if they sue us, they sue us. Hey, what the heck? We don't have any money. What are they going to get from us? An apology? <laughs> Spooky pens. Yeah, we'll give, them, we'll give them the same prize pack. We'll offer them the same thing. If Roger Goodell wants to make a prediction, we'll do that. All right, why don't we take that break, and we'll get uh, Doris Ann on the phone. When we come back, we'll look at the numerology aspect of the prediction business, and we'll see if we can use the numerolo- numerological in- numerological information to make a determination about tomorrow's big game. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSM into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. All right, we are back here on Spooky South Coast with our big Super Bowl prediction special. And, of course, the Super Bowl tomorrow night here on WBSM. Uh, but for now, it's Spooky South Coast, where we talk about the paranormal each and every week, and we're taking that type of approach in talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, with us in studio is Linda Lynch. She's a master and teacher of, is it is it Yusui Reiki? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Karuna and Shambhala, as well as a certified hypnotherapist, certified crystal therapist, and ordained minister for weddings, hand fastings, and other spiritual ceremonies. And uh, she does uh, readings at Three Sons here in New Bedford. We also have joining us on the line Doris Ann Bridgehouse. Her website is numerologyusa.com. Uh, she's a professional numerologist, counselor, workshop leader, and teacher. She specialized in numerology and metaphysical teachings for more than 30 years. Uh, she's also the co-host of the Psychic Holistic Spotlight, seen all throughout Rhode Island on Cox Cable Channel 14, Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. So check your listings to see that, and you can check out more information on numerologyusa.com. 
And now, Doris, numerology is, uh, we've talked before with you about it. It's, it's different than, you know, psychic abilities and different than astrology, as we'll talk about earlier. Uh, just give people a brief overview of what numerology is. Well, numerology is a study of numbers, and each number means something. And usually we'll say with somebody's name, you would add up all the numbers. Um, so for instance, the letter A is n- number one, so you convert them to numbers, all the letters to uh, numbers, and you add those up. And basically, it's all different ways of adding numbers up. It, it has meaning. I'd like to go through, if you don't mind, just like the the one to nine and what they mean. Sure. Uh, the number one is independence. The number two is like feelings. Uh, number three is communication. Number four is home and secrets. Number five, which is the volatile number because it's in between all the other numbers and it means choice. Uh, flexibility. Uh, number six is sacrifice in relationships. Uh, number seven is knowledge. Number eight is judgment. And number nine is the ending and beginning of things. So uh, I'd like to talk about um, the two quarterbacks and let everybody know what their numbers are. Is that sure. okay? Absolutely. I don't know wh- what your format was because I couldn't hear you <laughs> <laughs> uh, with my radio. Um, well, uh, Brady has, uh, he's a number seven, and his whole total name uh, adds up to 106. And sevens are a very private type of person. They need a lot of rest, and they're also psychic, okay? And what's interesting, uh, you add up uh, Manning's number, and guess what number he is? He's a number seven. Really? Yes. Uh, his is a number 88 when you total the numbers up. Oh, Total the numbers up, he comes to 88, which is a master number. Uh, any double digits that are the same is considered a master number. And, of course, with numerology, you just keep breaking down the numbers because 1 to 9 is the most important numbers. And uh, he comes to the number 7 also. So I thought that was very interesting. They have a lot of traits that are similar. Uh, the different with Brady, uh, he is so intuitive, and he knows how to get into his space. That's who he is as a person, mm-hmm. and maybe with relationships it can be a pain in the neck because he's in a space and there's no way you're going to get through. <laughs> but uh, when it comes just, to just his ask, uh, just ask Bridget Moynihan about that. Yes, right. Well, she'll find out more as they they get closer because uh, it's always you know it's like any relationship it's always easier in the beginning because mm-hmm. you have all these hormones working for you. Sure. Uh, but when it gets down to relationship and you know, living with each other, it's a little different. And uh, the difference between both of them, the big difference between both of them, um, meaning he's more of a, a hands-on person. He likes to see things happen. He feels that if he, he can make things happen, where Brady is like in this space, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. All he knows is safety in the space, and he gets ideas and he also, when he's with the men on the team, you know how when they go in the huddle, mm-hmm. he has uh, an energy that helps the people around him, helps the rest of the men around them. So if they're sort of like scattered or disappointed because something's not working out, he can help them out just by being there. Because, like you say, he knows how to get into his space, and he's definitely a leader. Both men are leaders. There's no two ways about that. Um, also, I looked at the personal year, and a personal year is very easy, and anyone out there can do that themselves. 
you take the uh, the year from your last birthday, which uh, for Brady it happens to be 2007 because he was born in August 3rd, and so it's August 3rd, 2007. You add those numbers up, that's 2018, and add those numbers up, and it comes to master number 11. So he's in a master number 11 year. And here again, it makes him even more psychic. So that's why he's had a very good year, because he knows how to just, like I say, just go in that zone and help everybody else get in that zone. And um, I've heard him speak at different times, and um, he does that even when he's speaking to people. He takes his time. Um, it's not a rush. He doesn't really feel important at that point. I mean, he has a sense of self, but he doesn't feel important in the sense that me first, all right? He knows it's team asset. With meaning, he's definitely me first type of personality. That's who he is. He realizes the team helps him out, but he feels he's the leader and he should be, you know, everybody should know that he's the leader, <laughs> so to speak. And he also has very uh, good um, uh, leadership qualities, excellent uh, leadership qualities, both men, after they're done with their football um, professions, will definitely be doing something else uh, with their time because they need to be in front. Um, there's an element of luck around Brady versus not that Brady hasn't worked hard because he has. He has mm -hmm. two, he has two eight, so he has worked hard. But there's an element of luck around him um, with meaning he's had to work a little bit harder. Um, to be where he is. Um, and people may not like him as much. <laughs> well, that's for sure, especially around here. Uh, well, he has two ones, so it's like he can be a little bit me, myself, and I. So, you know, that can turn people off. Where Brady is more of a stand-back person, he can melt. Say we didn't know who he was, he could melt into the crowd. He likes to observe this type of thing. Manny wants to be out front. He wants When he walks in a room, he wants people to see he's there. That's who he is as a person. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's his personality. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's different. Um, well, it's interesting that you mentioned Brady's psychic abilities because uh, in my day job, one of my one of the things I do is I cover the Patriots. And so I... Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, I, and I kind of... I don't know Brady very well. I would never make the assumption that I know an athlete because I just know who they are in the locker room. That's uh, right. But based on, you know, the way that he's always been and the way that his teammates talk about him, it's interesting that you say that he has that sort of psychic ability and that he almost has a type of knowing because it seems like he knows what defenses are going to do you know, before it happens, and he always seems to be tuned into the game at a higher frequency than than other players are. I mean, he, he definitely is. He yeah. just sees everything, you know, before it happens, and that's why he's so quick to be able to make the right pass to the right person because he's already visualizing everything in his head before it happens. That's right, and it's I, I and here again, it's something that comes very quickly to him. It's not something that he's planning. In other words, say they get in the huddle and there's a plan there, and something goes wrong. There's something that just takes over. He, he, he automatically goes in that zone. And it's something that is just part of who he is as a person. Where meaning how it would be, he is very intellectual. He will put it all in his, the pigeonhole very, very quickly because he is a leader. And that's how he makes his decision. So it, it you know, it's just a different, just a different way of going about it. I like to talk about their, um, their, Number on the shirt. I don't know if there's a okay. term for that because I'm not a football their, player. Their, their, Ross, their jersey number. 
Pardon? Their jersey numbers usually have a jersey numbers. That's what it is. I, I say insurance because I'm I'm not really that <laughs> with it. <laughs> um, well, the number twelve is one means independence and two means feelings again. So we go back to that psychic thing, and you break those numbers down again, and that's number three, and that's communication. So that also tells me that he's excellent of getting his point across. Very, very again. Um, going in the zone, and he may not, it's not like he's planning on saying something, he just does. He can look at a player and know what a player needs to hear, that type of thing. So excellent, excellent with communication. Um, with Manning, his shirt is a number 10, and a number 10 is a very powerful number um, because it can go either way. You can be self-absorbed or you can be open because this, the zero acts like a mirror. And it's how you use the number one. The number one is for yourself. Okay, so how do you use that? When he opens up, when he doesn't care about self, when it's supposed to be a team type of thing, that's when things change for him. And he knows the difference. He's a leader, so he knows the difference. But sometimes it can get carried away a little bit because he does have a very strong sense of self. He has two ones, where Brady doesn't have one one. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that, that strength in Manning, he has to fight that a little bit all the time. But it is a very powerful number. And um, I also added up, you add up their name and the life path number, and Brady's comes to number six, and Manning's comes to number three. Number six is, um, it means relationships, and it means also self-sacrifice. So Brady will know, again, when to self-sacrifice. So, in other words, not so much that he's going to look good for the show. It's like somebody else can look good for the show. Sure. Um, with Manning, it's number three. So he needs to talk that out with his teammates. He needs, again, he intellectualizes it. He needs to, he needs to know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how come they're doing it. And if they make a mistake, he's not a happy camper. He's, he's not as forgiving. Well, getting back to the idea of Brady, uh, again, just because I, I know him better. Sure. The, what you're talking about is absolutely the way that things are with him. I mean, uh, he has self-sacrificed when, you know, it came time to redo his contract. He took a, a big discount when he could have gotten a lot more money to go oh, elsewhere. Really? Those are the things I don't know about. He, he took a big discount to stay here and to keep winning as part of this team. And also, whenever uh, they come to him to do a television commercial, uh, the, the television commercial that he did, he said, I'm only going to do it if you put my offensive line in there as well. So, I mean, he has sacrificed uh, for himself in order to, you know, for the betterment of the team. No, I don't understand why you said he, he had a chance to go to another team, you mean? Well, what would have happened is he would have became a free agent and he would have been able to sign with anybody he wanted to. Oh, I And other teams would have offered him a lot more money than the fiscally responsible Patriots would have. Uh, so he actually oh. took less money than he would have gotten on the open market to stay in New England. That's rare. You really have to explain things to us who really don't That's know much about sports. Hi, Linda. Hi, hi Doris. Hi. But I think in my mind that lends so much more credibility to what you're saying because it's not like she can come on here and say, well, you know, I was reading in the sports pages Brady took a hometown discount so I can say he's willing to self-sacrifice. Right. We actually have a call here. We only got about four minutes left before the break here, but let's take this call and, and see if they have a question for you. Sure. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Good. I want to make a prediction. Sure. Okay. Matt is going to record your prediction here. Uh, can we have your name? My name is Henry, and I'm a big Giant fan. Ah, I knew there was one of you. Big Blue. 
And and I love her for saying the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what, what's your prediction? My prediction is Giants 35, mm-hmm. New England 28. Okay. And do you have a pick for MVP? And my MVP is going to be... Um, that's a tough one. Uh, Plaxico Bears. Plaxico Bears. And you said 35-28? Yes, I did. And can I ask her a question? Sure. If, did she make any predictions last year or the year before on the Super Bowl? Uh, not I here haven't. on this show. Is, uh, have either of you predicted in the past? Linda, no. you haven't? Nope. No. Okay. Okay, just wondering. I never thought about it before, to be perfectly honest. We're all virgins at this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Henry, if you could just do us a favor. During the 11 o'clock news break, call back. We'll get your phone number down in case you win. Absolutely. Great show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. So uh, there we go. His prediction is 35-28 in favor of the New York football Giants. So. Ah. Yeah, I well, guess. Well, I, I think the Patriots are going to win. You do? Yeah, yeah we, we'd like to get a score. I mean, you're you're into these numbers. Do you have an actual score? Is there something no, that you're saying? You know, it was just before you called, I said to my husband, because I really don't know that much about football, I, mean, I wrote down, you know, the uh, names and all of that type of thing, but I don't really know. I know the score, you know, like you hit thing through the loopy thing, and it's three and all of that type of thing, <laughs> but I'm not really great about, you know, well, I haven't really thought about that's it. That's fine. Uh, I would say I would say I think it's going to be a tight game. Okay. Yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, I agree with that. And and before we let you go, just one more question I, I want to ask you: The Patriots are going for the first you know nineteen and zero season in, in football history. Right. Is there any kind of significance to that? Does the number nineteen uh, does it have any kind of significance? Oh, n- uh, number nineteen has a very very big significance because it's the only number. That's 19 is a 1 and a 9, and then it breaks down to a 10, and then it breaks down to a 1. And the 1 is independence, the 9 is uh, the door opens and the door closes, right? And it's a very volatile number. It's like uh, two generals on the, uh, in the same, uh, no, let's put it this way, uh, two, uh, two captains on the same ship. Okay? okay, so it's a very, very strong number. And the significance would be it's a because it's a power and i think that one person will be getting injured and i'm not saying the person that gets injured that team is the one i know is going to win that sounds a little weird but that's what i feel well let's hope it isn't tom brady because i don't know if matt castle is going to win a super bowl for these people i know i feel it's a big person i feel it's a a a burly type of person okay someone that's that's a more heavy set no i don't feel it's going to be the quarterbacks okay well, uh, we thank you for joining us tonight, Doris Ann. Again, everybody can go to your website, numerologyusa.com. You have links to your books there, and, and people can get in contact with you uh, yep. to work more in the numerological field. Thank you so much for calling. Hey, thanks. And, uh, and uh, can I say goodbye to Linda? Sure can. Bye, Linda. Hey, bye, Doris. If you get a chance, uh, send me a copy of the show. Sure, I will. Thanks. All right, there you go. And uh, for the caller that is hanging on the line, please do so because we will take more Super Bowl predictions in the second hour. We'll also talk to Courtney Roberts and get an astrological perspective of everything going on in the Super Bowl. We'll be right back after the news on Spooky South Coast. Lost civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons, magic and witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. For 58 years, Fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate is a factual magazine containing articles by experts in all walks of life and by others just like you who have had something dynamic, significant, and truthful to say. 
Keep up with the latest on all aspects of the paranormal. Angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To subscribe, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730 or www.fatemag.com. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Spooky South Coast is back. It's Saturday night. I have no date. A two-liter bottle of Shasta and my all-rush mixtape. Let's rock. I can swallow your fear, I'm not afraid. You will be. Back hour number two here with Spooky South Coast, our big Super Bowl prediction special, and uh, we did talk to the UFO hunters from the Sci-Fi Channel earlier tonight, uh, Oliver Kamensky and Ted Davis of the New York Strange Phenomena Investigators (NY-SPI) or NySpy, as they say. Uh, they do need your help. If you can email the Sci-Fi Channel feedback at sci-fi.com, tell them how much you love the show. You can also call two one two six six four four one four three. Or you can fax 212-703-8533. We'll put links up on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Uh, But definitely make sure that you watch the rebroadcast of the pilot um, Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, immediately following Ghost Hunters International. And if you watched it on Wednesday and you have a Nielsen box, definitely make sure that you watch the rebroadcast again to help the numbers out because we definitely want to see them make more episodes of that show. And one other thing we want to tell you about now that we are talking about the UFO field is the Atlantic Coast UFO Conference, and that is coming up. Uh, do we have a, a date on there, Matt? <laughs> We're looking at the website here. It's, it's uh, AtlanticCoastUFOs.com. It'll be February 15th, 16th, and the 17th at the beautiful Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Now, Moniz, I know you're going down for this convention. Correct. And, can, you know, they don't have sports gambling there, so I can't give you money to put down on the Celtics, but are you going to do any other gambling while you're down there? Probably not. All right, there you go. That's a wise man. And some of the speakers that they have lined up for this conference, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Bill Burns uh, of UFO Magazine. He's the editor of UFO Magazine. He's co-written a number of books, including The Day After Roswell. Uh, Tom Carey, Peter Davenport, Richard Dolan, a good friend of Matt Moniz's, who you might have seen on Sci-Fi Investigates. Uh, Paulo Harris, Don Ledger, who investigates the Shag Harbor, and I know right. he was at the, the uh, Mass Monster, Monster Mash this year. Uh, Sam Moranto, uh, Kathy Martin, uh, I'm sorry, Farah. Do you know Farah? Yeah, I know Farah. Farah, is it Yordozu? 
your Zusa. Yeah. Okay. I can't read the screen very well. And of course, our old friend here at Spooky South Coast, Peter, Peter Robbins. Robbins. So uh, that is the Atlantic Coast UFO Conferences. Uh, AtlanticCoastUFOs.com for more information. We'll put a link up on SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll be talking to them in a couple, you know, hopefully next week, so that we can uh, get a little bit more publicity. We'll get them on here at the beginning of the second hour, and, and we'll push that. So you definitely want to check that out. The 15th, 16th, and 17th in beautiful Atlantic City, New Jersey. And you know, it's not really as cold there in February uh, as you think. But Hopkins is also. Uh, is he? Yeah. That's excellent. So there you go, Bud Hopkins. That's the reason to go right there because, you know, without Bud, you know, a lot of these people wouldn't even be in the field. Look at the UFO hunters and how well they've worked with Bud and how closely you've worked with Bud over the years. So yeah, I think it'll definitely be a great conference, well worth the time. And so for more information, go to AtlanticCoastUFOs.com. Now, uh, why don't we get a little bit weird here? More bad news. And well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. The Week in Weird. Okay, and our first story here in the Week in Weird comes from the local newspaper here in New Bedford, and it features our in-studio guest tonight, Linda Lynch. Uh, this is by Don Cuddy, a great story about some uh, local uh, psychics predicting the Super Bowl. The New England Patriots are in for some tense moments in Sunday's Super Bowl, but the Pats will prevail in the end. At least that's the word from the Celtic Crickets Hazelnuts, and I know, Linda, you want to say hi? Hey, hi, Chuck. How you doing? Don't forget our bet. Uh, but, of course, Linda, you know, she doesn't think so the same way. Linda, what's your bet, if you don't mind sharing with the audience? Oh, well, Chuck had called me this morning because he got to read the article before I did, and he wanted to kind of place a wager, and whoever team wins, or whoever prediction wins, I should say, gets the choice of either the loser having to pay for the other one to go out for dinner or to take a class with the other one for nothing. There you go. both teach classes. Well, the Celtic Cricket is better known as Charles Cochran, or maybe that's vice versa. Uh, and he operates the Silver Willow, a New Age and Herbal store in Rehoboth. And he also appears frequently here on WBSM as well. And to divine the outcome of this year's Super Bowl, Mr. Cochran deployed all of his psychic tools, including tarot cards, a crystal ball, and his Celtic hazelnuts. The upshot, he predicts a come-from-behind 10-point victory for New England. I'm the only one in the United States teaching a class in hazelnuts, he said of his unusual method. Uh, and he, the way he explains it, the nuts of wisdom or occult knowledge, the hazelnuts are inscribed with symbols. They are shaken up in a velvet bag, and when withdrawn, the cricket reads the signs. Uh, at any rate, they have indicated there could be some sizable challenges facing New England, especially early on in the game. Patriots fans may get a little nervous in the first half, he said, but the crystal ball shows Brady pouring it on later, and he saw Belichick saying that the hard work paid off. Of course, Linda doesn't feel the same way, but we'll talk to her more about that in a little while. Uh, also, Reverend Gail Hicks, who's been here on Spooky South Coast in the past, from Fall River, she missed the mark on some of the details. She got the bottom line right, predicting the Red Sox World Series championship in 2004 and two of the last three Patriots titles. And she sees a historic 19th win for the Patriots in a high-scoring game. She's picking 41-31 in favor of New England. She said also, as Linda said, the Patriots will score first. But she says the first half won't be a runaway. The teams will be neck and neck. There will be a lot of passing yardage, a lot of first downs for the Pats with Brady in the pocket. She said Manning will feel the pressure as the game wears on. She sees him getting sacked in the third quarter on the 30-yard line by Mike Vrabel. She said the third quarter will be a blowout. The Giants' mindset is not on, and she sees the Pats high-stepping in the end zone. 
So, and of course, Mike Keogh, a New Bedford attorney, uh, who actually uses football knowledge rather than his psychic gifts uh, to guess, he's also uh, picking the Patriots as well. He thinks the Patriots will win by 14. So there you go. There are some predictions from the newspaper, uh, and I guess all we can really do is well watch the game and, and see what happens. And it's it's certainly not indicative of. of <laughs> Anybody's psychic abilities. It's, it's if like get New it right England around. weather. You know, we'll just exactly. wait and see the outcome. Exactly. It's like picking the lottery. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it doesn't really work, especially if you make a bet on the game. All right, Matt Moniz, what do you have for us? Oh, I got a story about a paranormal site trying to help out a uh, local cemetery that got vandalized in their area. Uh, Brentwood CBS Five, a media-based live sci-fi TV, a website about paranormal dedicated their live webcast Tuesday night to raise money to repair Brentwood Union Cemetery, which was vandalized a few weeks ago. Sixty-nine headstones were damaged in the incident. Paranormal investigator Tim Wood said he is counting on the twenty to 30,000 online viewers to help. January 16th, vandalism occurred when a group of beer-swilling partygoers knocked over 64 headstones, including those marking the graves of East Contra Costa pioneers. Relatives? Possibly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) With with no progress on the Sheriff's Department's investigation, paranormal sleuths from the live sci-fi TV gave it their best alternative shot Tuesday night. The six-hour experiment, which streamed live over the Internet to a worldwide audience of about 20000 also raised money for the rehabilitation of the cemetery. The total amount raised was unknown, but Wednesday as e-checks were still waiting to clear. The group conducts live investigations every Tuesday and Saturday, along with a live Q&A on Thursdays. Since it was launched in May, the site has averaged 40,000 viewers per show. Regular viewers peruse the chat room or text message investigators during the live show, sharing information and offering suggestions to the crew. That night, the group was particularly excited as visiting cemetery as visiting, sorry, as visiting a cemetery is often off limits for them because management is usually has ironically enough vandalism concerns. For this event, the charitable crew received the go-ahead from the cemetery district manager. The night got off to an interesting start at about 7.30 p.m., and photography crew, which had been following the investigators for weeks, found two of their tripods mysteriously knocked over after they got coffee. An instant buzz became as palpable as an uh, intermittent hum of traffic along the Brentwood Boulevard, two-lane road adjacent to the cemetery. A wireless connection allowed online viewers to watch the stationary cameras and the roaming hat-mounted camera, along with the listening to the investigators. Woods hopes that the parlay of the site and tens of thousands of dollars of equipment into a moneymaker, quoting sponsors adding their paranormal lives to the show. Well, there you go. We, we talked about it in the past. We had a whole episode where we talked about it, the importance of paranormal investigators giving back to the community and... and helping rehabilitate some of these cemeteries, and LiveSciFiTV.com is taking full advantage of that. So good job by them, and hopefully other teams will follow their lead. And you can go to their website, LiveSciFiTV.com, and they'll have more information about making donations as well. All right, uh, Matt, Contra Costa, California, what do you have for us? 
Alright, after all these years, Moniz, your dream has come true. Vending machines distributing distributing the drug marijuana to be operating <laughs> in the state of California. The machines can only be used by people who have a whoever who have been prescribed the drug for health reasons. Patients who have will have to provide a prescription and uh, be fingerprinted and photographed before being allowed to use the facilities. I think that's already happened in most cases. We've <laughs> <laughs> already been fingerprinted and photographed. Eleven U.S. states allow the use of medical marijuana primarily for pain relief, but it still remains controversial. An owner of a herbal nutrition center in Los Angeles, where one of the first two machines are based, said that it would allow patients to buy extra supplies whenever needed. Once the user, once the users have been photographed, fingerprinted, and have shown their prescription. They will be issued a card which can be used at the machines, and a security guard will also be on duty. They'll slide the slide the card and the fingerprint and fingerprint in to verify that it's them, and a picture will be taken of the person, and they will get the medicine and move on their way. The operators think very slowly, <laughs> but they will they'll move on to the the snack machine next <laughs> to it. <laughs> right oh. next to it. Yeah, the operators. Think that vending machines issuing not just marijuana, but other prescription drugs could become a common sign, a common sight in the U.S. Proponents say marijuana is a valuable tool for relieving pain and, stim and stimulating appetite in the sick. However, it still remains banned by the 1970 Controlled Substances Act, and the U.S. federal government does not currently recognize any legitimate medical use. That's by BBC News. Well, you know, I was thinking that as you're reading the story, is who, who, this is great news for the companies that makes the other vending machines that are going to be right next to it, oh, yeah. because once you get the you know once you get the marijuana out of it, you know you're going to get the munchies and <laughs> you're going to want to hit the, the chips and whatever else is there. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Do you, do you think that's a good idea for? I mean, it's first of all, it seems like it's going to be a very complex system. Yeah, I don't think for it, a vending machine for the complexity of uh, with the fingerprinting and card swiping. I think it might be a little. Too complex for somebody who's using marijuana. That's true. So. Or, or some, <laughs> that's true. And also, you know, the other problem that I have with it too is, you know, they don't allow cigarettes to be sold in vending machines anymore. So, I mean, I don't understand why it's it's okay to do this. I mean, it's still, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna. I hope there's not gonna be like oxycontin machines or anything like that because the first thing that's gonna happen is somebody's gonna, you know, they gotta jump in that John Deere and yeah, <laughs> run it over. I, I don't know. I have my reservations about that. I mean, but at the same time, I'm all for the easy, convenient use of anything. So, if, if you know, vending machine makes it easier, then hey, good luck to them. Well, that's the week and weird for this week. If uh, if you have any stories that you'd like to share with us that we can read read here in the week and weird, just go to the website at spookysouthcoast.com. Click on the forum tab. It's no longer the message board; it's on the forum. Click on that and go to the week and weird thread. Drop the story in there, and if we read it on the air, we'll send you a bumper sticker. And if you have access to a medical marijuana vending machine, you can send us something in return. We'll be right back with more of our Super Bowl prediction special here on Spooky South Coast. Lock the doors and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. 
Welcome back to Spooky South Coast, the big Super Bowl prediction special. Next week we will be back here at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, and we'll talk about the psychic life of our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, that's going to be a fascinating discussion with uh, Dr. Susan B. Martinez. She wrote the book, The Psychic Life of Lincoln, because not only are we going to talk about Abraham Lincoln and, and his personal experiences, but we're going to get into a lot of the history of spiritualism as well, uh, which is something we really haven't covered here on Spooky South Coast. So we're going to give you some of that background and the idea of what the times were like in the Civil War era, and we'll talk about some of the abilities that President Lincoln may or may not have had. I mean, there's a lot of debate about there about... You know, if he had these circles, uh, these spiritual circles in the White House, uh, Dr. Martinez has done all of the research, and she's put together a great book, and we'll talk about all that because, you know, Lincoln is our paranormal president. He's the, uh, the only ex-president still living in the White House, so far as we know. <laughs> so we'll talk about all that and more next week here on Spooky South Coast. Tonight we are talking about the Super Bowl. If you have a prediction and you'd like to make a, a guess at the score and who the MVP is going to be, I shouldn't say a guess. If you have an intuitive feeling and something that's you know gnawing at you and says this is how it's going to be, then we want you to call in and share with us, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500, and whoever comes the closest, they'll win a Spooky South Coast prize pack, including a hat, a shirt, some bumper stickers, a couple pens, and a 10-minute reading with Linda, whether it be via the phone or in person. So definitely call in with your predictions as the show rolls on. But right now we are going to talk to Courtney Roberts. Uh, she was on with us a few weeks ago. She's a writer, teacher, and consultant originally from Miami, Florida. Her work reflects a unique perspective, a real passion for the big picture that combines cosmology, religious studies, and history with a lifetime of observing the dynamic interaction of spirit and cosmos. Uh, she's a graduate of the Revolutionary Masters Program in Cultural Astronomy and Astrology at Bath Spa University in England. She has over 25 years' experience in astrology, consulting, teaching, publishing, research, and organizational work. Uh, she's a recognized expert on sports astrology and has published and lectured widely on the subject, and her real-time methods represent a major breakthrough in event analysis. Her first book, Real-Time Astrology, was published in 1998, and her extensive sports data collections are published by Astrolabe Incorporated and the Astro Data Bank and the Cosmic Patterns Kepler Program. So, Courtney, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. And we forgot to also say you are also a New England Patriots fan. Oh, absolutely. I love them. Of course, uh, that's because your Miami Dolphins are <laughs> worth... Re hey, what do you think about Bill Parcells, though? you got to be excited for that. Yeah, my, my heart definitely lifted when I, I heard that he was going down to Miami. It's got to be a, a turn for the better. But uh, as for the Patriots, I mean, things can't get any better right now, uh, being in the Super Bowl here and going for history at 19-0. and 0, uh, What do the stars tell us about their chances? Well, that's a that's a fair enough question. You know, the pa the Patriots had a lot of uh, planetary support during the course of the season, uh, especially in in the fall. But you notice as we got into December, their um, winning margins started to dissipate significantly, and every game they've played has been harder than the one before. And that's kind of the trend right now. This is going to be a rough game for them. And as as much as they've you know been as you said the the point margins have diminished over the weeks. I've heard a lot of people saying that they think that they're going to go back to the Patriots of the early season, and and this is going to be a blowout. So you're not seeing that at all. You don't. No, no. Um, 
there's two factors that I use in, in, in analyzing a game. I'm not going to, you know, bore you with all the technical details, but just looking at how everybody ends up within the uh, real-time situation at the end of the game, the teams look uh, fairly balanced. It looks to me like it's actually going to be a pretty close contest and that the Giants are going to be in there duking it out until the bitter end. Now, we all heard of, we've heard about Bill Belichick. We've seen his his track record when it comes to playing a team a second time. So the Giants are going to be able to to buck that trend. Is there something, uh, something in the stars, something in the planets that that are working in their favor? Yeah, the other factor I use in my analysis is what we call um, aspects, planetary aspects, and this is very simply just measuring the angular relationships between where the planets are right now and where they were when, you know, key team personnel were born. And in a nutshell, the Giants have all the planetary support. All the aspects are going their way. And the Patriots not only have very little planetary support, but they've got some kind of um, difficult situations. Now, 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 Tim, the good news here is that the Patriots are the one team that, that really don't need much planetary support. They're just a, a really solid, excellent team. So I, I think they can eke it out here, but it's, it's going to be tight. It's going to be close, and the Giants are going to play well above expectations. They're going to play very, very well, and I think they're going to be in it till the bitter end, and the Patriots are going to be lucky to win this one. I hate to say it. I hope they do it, but it's going to be a dogfight. Well, now, you, you say that you take into all the planetary uh, stuff into account, but is there really, does the dominating personalities on the team kind of factor into that, or is it, you know, or is it like, okay, Tom Brady, this is the, the, the type of, you know, astrological profile I can make for him, and does that kind of dominate the Patriots as a team, or is it more just a, a conglomeration of everybody? Well, I specifically focus on the head coach okay. and the quarterback. Obviously, there's a lot of people on the team, and if I tried to process all that data, I think I'd end up with nothing and a headache. Sure. So I've learned to edit it down to those those two key people. I do look at some of the other players um, naturally, but you know, if, if another player is going to carry the day, it's still going to show up in the quarterback's chart or in the head coach's chart. The head coach is, is in the center of the whole organization, and he takes the heat or, or the praise for whatever happens. And obviously, the quarterback leads the offense, and the offense, for the most part, is the part of the team that puts the points on the board. So I like to narrow it down like that. And, you know, Eli Manning, his chart is lit up like a Christmas tree. He, this, is, this is his day, his game. If I had to pick somebody for MVP of the game, it would be, it'd be Eli um, at this point. And, and, and Coughlin is, is right there in it at the end in the winning position. But so is Brady. And and this is, like I said, the one guy that doesn't need a whole lot of planetary support. The the, the sign Virgo is, is really predominant at the end of the game, and both Brady and Coughlin are really configured in there. And Virgo is all about perfectionism. So this, this drive to be perfect is really going to predominate at the end of the game, and I'm really hoping Brady can pull it out. But, boy, I, I think it's going to be real close. Yeah, I'm wearing my Patriot sweatshirt right now, so I, I definitely agree with you there. We, we have I a hope call. you're not sweating in it, Tim. <laughs> no, not, I, will, I probably will be tomorrow, but why don't we uh, take this call here and see if uh, they have a question for you, if they just want to make a score. 
production. Okay. Good evening, we're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Okay, do you want to make a prediction? Did you have a question for Courtney or Linda? Or? Um, yeah, actually, I'm actually calling from my husband because he didn't want to call in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, my husband says it's going to be 31-27, the Giants. 31-27, Giants. Okay. I, thought he was, yeah. uh, I thought that uh, he was uh, a Dallas. So, 31, you said? Yeah, my husband said 31-27, Giants. <laughs> Giants, okay. Well, what's his, what's his first name? Frank. Okay, Frank, just so I can rub it in when the Patriots win. Now I know. Now, I, now I thought Frank was all Dallas. He is, and I just want to tell Linda that I love her because she's my mom. <laughs> there you go. I love you too, sweetie. Okay. Well, uh, there might be some some family feuding, I think. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Patriots, game. though. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thanks. Okay, so we've got your all prediction, right. and we'll get your contact info from your mom as Thank well. Thank you. So. All right, there you go. Thanks. So, uh, and Courtney, you said you're, you're seeing uh, Eli as a potential MVP candidate. Are you seeing a potential MVP uh, on the Patriots side as well? Uh, I've been looking for one. <laughs> it's going it to be, be whoever that guy is that sacks Manning at the very end. That's who it's going to be. Junior Seau. I think it would be Brady. If, if, if anybody, he seems to have, you know, at the very end of the game, he, he, he might just come through and, and, and pull it off. Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong here, Tim, I really want to see the Patriots win. Oh, I, I, I love this team. I, I like perfection. I, I'd, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, it's going to be a, a great game. Now, this will be one for the ages. Linda, you saw uh, an MVP candidate on the Patriots side. Well, I kind of like uh, Randy Moss, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel a little bit uh, toward Echo there, too, and I don't know where that's coming from because I don't know one player from the next. As we so. were talking about that during the break, and you don't really know who Kyle Echo is. is and no. <laughs> I, I saw on your husband that, you know, Dan Pyers of the, of the Patriots refers to him as the human victory cigar uh, <laughs> because, you know, if you see Kyle Echo in the game, that means it's pretty well, much well in hand. <laughs> so if you're seeing Kyle Echo being involved in this game, that could bode very well for the Patriots. Or I would love to see the Patriots win. Uh, my daughter just called in is down in Texas, and they're big Dallas fans down there. But I would love to see the Patriots win. I mean, I'm all, you know, for the Patriots. I just... You can only go with what, what yeah. your instincts tell you. Yeah, and I don't know, with Mercury going retrograde, uh, do you think that'll have anything to do with the game? Uh, I think it's a, a smaller factor, but I will say Mercury's at 20 degrees. Aquarius can jump Neptune at 21, and that it makes a really tight configuration with both Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning's chart. They've been they've been playing on that 20, 21st degree all season, and it's worked real well for them. That definitely favors favors them. Uh, I I have to say I I think the Giants are going to be able to shut Randy Moss down. I mean everybody's been doing that for the last three or four games. It's it's not a bad strategy. You know you double team Moss and make somebody else earn it. And uh, I definitely see that happening tomorrow. I'm going to use my limited psychic abilities. I don't have any. But it's just my gut instinct as a, as a football writer and observer of the game that I think Dante Stallworth's going to have a big game, and uh, Dante because he's somebody who needs to, you know, he, he's he's not going to be around with his team next year because uh, of his financial situation. He's got a big bonus coming if he stays with the team. So uh, I think he's going to be elsewhere and he's going to kind of play on the stage. But I don't know if you've been following the story here. It was broken by my colleague Dave Brown at the Standard Times, but Dante Stallworth. Uh, doesn't actually play for the New England Patriots. I don't know if you're aware of this. He doesn't actually play for them? No. What happens is when he's on the field, Nico comes down from, from the uh, planet Mars and takes over his body, and Nico is actually the one that plays football. And then when Dante comes off the field, he puts Nico back up on Mars. So uh, is, there, is there any kind of Mars connection with Dante Stallworth that, that you know about? 
Absolutely. I'm looking at his chart right now because as soon as you said that, I went over and pulled it up. Yeah, he's he's got an interesting Mars-Neptune conjunction. I think I'll have a pretty good game. He's got some nice stuff going on. And uh, as for Nico, you know, nothing to do chart that gives any reference to him. Oh, absolutely. He is trans-channeling something from Mars. He's got an exact Mars-Neptune conjunction sextal Pluto. So, yeah, this guy is on the planet Mars half the time, literally. <laughs> and uh, I hope he doesn't stay there during the game, though, because that's the that's when Stallworth's at his best. That's Nico. Yeah, but, you know, Mar- Mars is good for a football player. That is the god of aggression and war. So, you know, if he's going to be off on a planet, that's the right planet to be on. All right. We have another call here. Let's Let's go to the phones. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hi, Cam. Hi, Eddie. How you doing? All right. I know I talked to you during the break. You want to make a prediction on the score? Yeah. Okay, what do you have for us? 35-24 New England. 35-24 Patriots. Who's going to be the MVP? Wes Welker. Wes Welker. All right. And then, like you were saying, Courtney, if they shut down Randy Moss, somebody else has to come up big. Yeah, but I had a look at Wes, Wes Welker. Let me just pull him up here. I was looking at him um, a minute ago. Wes is a Taurus. I, I think Wes will have a pretty good game. You know, maybe not his best game, but he's he's going to be productive. He's going to accomplish something. I don't know if he's going to finish as strongly as some other people, but but he'll get some yards, yeah. All right. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, give me a call afterwards so we can make sure we write down your phone number. Oh, you want my phone number? Give me a call after the show when it ends at midnight, okay? All right. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, and if you do want to call in and make a prediction, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Maybe you have a question for Courtney or Linda as well. Uh, why don't we take our last break, Matt? When we come back, we'll talk more with Courtney and Linda, and we'll just kind of kick around some more stuff about the game. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Spooky South Coast. It blew books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. This looks extraordinarily bad. (laughs) All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast on our Super Bowl prediction special. We have Courtney Roberts on the line with us and Linda Lynch here in the studio. Linda, you have some, uh, some upcoming appearances here locally that you've been doing? Uh, right, it'll be at the Ice Chest right here in Fairhaven. It's a promotion for Absolute. And if you come down and you buy a drink with Absolute in it, they're going to give you a ticket for uh, a drawing. They do it every 15 minutes for a little gift package, and you can get a reading, 10-minute reading with, with me. All right, and you can get one tonight by predicting the score of the Super Bowl correctly. If uh, you call in and you make the score in MVP predictions, and you know we'll we'll decide who comes the closest. But uh, the winner gets a spooky South Coast prize pack, including a hat, a T-shirt, some bumper stickers, some pens, and a ten-minute reading with Linda. Now, Matt, you were writing a note here uh, during the last segment, and you have a prediction now for MVP. Something kind of clicked in your head and came to you. Yeah, Falk. You think Kevin Falk will be the MVP? And he, the way he's been going lately, I wouldn't be surprised. Courtney, what about Kevin Falk? Anything uh, with him astrologically? Yeah, I am pulling him up right now. Uh, yeah, Kevin Falk looks uh, actually really good uh, of, of, of all the Patriots. Uh, he's, he's a Gemini, by the way, Sun and Venus and Gemini. So, yeah, he's got that whole running thing down, and he, he connects so well with Brady. They've got this really tight astrological connection. So they've been working together for years, and I think the two of them will, will be very, uh, very productive tomorrow, yeah. definitely. And Linda, anything with Kevin Falk? Did you? Uh, 
I just saw you react. I thought maybe something came to you. You've got to be on your toes when you have psychics in the studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never know when something's going that way. All right, we have another call here. Let's, let's uh, take this call. Good evening. You're on WBSM. How are you doing? I'm good, Tim, and you? Very well. Do you have a prediction for the big game? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with 38-17, Patriots. 38-17. All right, what's your name? Name is Ed. Uh, I converse with you uh, frequently on uh, email. Uh, uh, keyword, Taekwondo. Oh, hey, Ed. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Well, then I have your phone number if you win. I'll be able to get a hold of you. And uh, and you have an MVP candidate? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go with uh, Tom Brady. Um, it was either going to be him or uh, Kevin Falk. And uh, I, I'm assuming you're a Patriots fan. Absolutely. <laughs> have been since they were uh, not much good. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's back when your dolphins good. were better, Courtney. <laughs> I, now I, I'm, I'm giving Courtney a lot of crap for for liking the dolphins, but she is a Patriots fan now. We have to reemphasize that. You're just jealous because I grew up with season tickets. No, I am. I am. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thank you, I'll, Ed, for I'll your make prediction. A prediction uh, for for MPP. I'll I'll go with Tom Brady, and you know I don't I don't know exactly what the score is going to be, but I'll, I'll I'll say Patriots by two, two and a half, and and Tom Brady. Okay, but you know I I love these guys and it, it might be tainting my objectivity just a little bit. All right, Ed, thank you for calling in and giving us a score. We'll get in touch with you. Okay, Tim, have a good night. Thanks. Thanks you too. Bye. All right, we have another call coming in, making a prediction here. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Hello. Hi. You want to make a prediction on the game? Yes, I just wanted to say hello to all you guys and say hello to my good friend Matt Moniz. It's your buddy Joe from Kentucky. How's it going, Joe? Going very good, sir. How are you? Oh, excellent. Uh, how's your son doing? Um, my dad, he's dad, doing okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, he's doing real good. Excellent, excellent. Now, are you guys going to be joining up with me on Waverly? Absolutely. Then uh, I definitely look forward to seeing you guys there. You got a prediction for the game? Yes, I have. I've been trying some remote viewing experiments oh. lately. And I'm new at it, but I see it as Giants 29, Patriots 32. All right. So the Patriots are coming out on the right side of that score. And what about MVP? Are you seeing anything uh, for that? No, actually, I uh, I don't see anything there. Now, when you say you've been trying remote viewing, have you been trying to go ahead and actually visualize the game? I mean, what what is it that you're trying to actually see? I was just trying uh, what little I know about it uh, from listening to your shows. I just tried to picture I thought of the logo, and mm-hmm. just the numbers just came to me, and the, the Patriot logo. Well, then uh, hopefully uh, your remote viewing works because that's what <laughs> I'm hoping they come out that way. All right, so does Matt have your contact info? Yeah, okay. Info. So uh, we will get a hold of you if, uh, if you are the winner. All right, thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, calling in, Joe. Oh, my pleasure. And thanks for listening. Take care and enjoy the game. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Didn't mean to cut him off there. I'm going to make a prediction right now, uh, and this is this is going to be groundbreaking. So write this down, Costa. The my favorite Super Bowl commercial will be the GoDaddy one that they can't show on the air, and you have to watch it on the internet because it's that filthy. That's my prediction. That'll be the best commercial of the night for me. You're not going to write that down? No. Okay. All right. GoDaddy. GoDaddy. <laughs> now, uh, Courtney and Linda, asking this this question is for both of you, and 
we can take it one at a time. But as we try to forecast uh, what's going to go on in the game, and you know, Joe said that he tries to use remote viewing. Uh, how much can we see in advance uh, of what's going to happen, whether it be through astrology, through psychic viewing, remote viewing, uh, where it's not? How how do we keep our personal influences out of what we're trying to read into this information? Well, anything that I'm personally attached to, I really try to stay out of. Okay. Because I don't trust what I get when I'm personally attached to it. That I put too much of my own, what I want it to be, into it, or you know, the ego gets in there a little bit. So I really try to stay away from anything that I'm really personally attached to. Because I know you're not a football fan no, per se, so it's probably easy for you to, to yep. get involved in this. Courtney, you are a fan. I mean, and you are dealing with you know data here, but. Uh, is it possible that you could make in inferences uh, based on your own opinions and thoughts about what's going to happen? That was one of the hardest things that I had to deal with when I was first starting out. Um, you don't even know the limits of your own subjectivity un, un, until you really test them, and, and I've always found that very difficult. It's, it's so easy to just see what you want to see and to just read yourself into the charts and I, I know the first season that I actually did you know astrology for for football I couldn't predict for the Miami Dolphins at all because I was I was completely biased but you know that was like um, 10 years ago and um, I've completely changed my perspective I, I love football and my favorite team now is whoever's playing the best so I've I've moved a real, a real front a runner huh yeah, well, you know, I, I appreciate excellence, but that, that keeps me objective. That is more the priority for me now than any particular allegiance. It's not that I don't love my home team, but I, I have had to actually try to preserve that objectivity. And you notice when I'm speaking about the game, I keep saying, I want the Patriots to win. I want to see the Patriots win. So I'm, I'm qualifying my, my predictions constantly because I, I realize, you know, the, the limits of my objectivity. And is there a possibility that when so many people make predictions about the game uh, and so many people are, are trying to come up with a score, does that in any way change the way the things can come out? The fact that so many people are trying to make predictions, can that alter in any way what the final outcome will be? Well, you, you've got a huge philosophical problem here because if you actually suggested that to the players, on some level I think it would be terribly insulting and it would be really insulting to the guys who go out there and sweat and strain and give everything on the field to imply that it's already predetermined before they even step out there mm -hmm. you know this is oh. this is a huge philosophical problem so I, I take the position that we live at this crossroads this intersection of, of two powerful forces and the first is our, our free will our incredible creative input into the future. At the same time, we're, we're dealing with a certain level of fate. Some things are, are meant to be, and uh, you know, it's almost beyond us to try to completely comprehend that. But I, I would never suggest, especially to, to the players, that anything is predetermined. It, you know, it, it comes down to, to what they do and the decisions they make, and 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 how much of themselves they they really put into it. So I, I do think there are limits on our ability to predict. I have seen people lose games that, by all rights, they should have won. And I've seen underdogs win games because they just refuse to quit. And, and, and that's where I like to keep it. But I'm also aware of that other parallel. There's some things that are, are meant to be. I agree. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I agree with her in the, the fact that you don't want to tell these players that it might be predetermined because I've been in the room with these players and I've seen the way that they react to questions about things like destiny and you know questions about you know you guys are favored and things like that. I've seen how they react, so you, you definitely don't want to you know tell them the possibility that it could all be predetermined, but. At the same time, when you're already 18 and 0, you know you might be thinking in the back of your mind, maybe this is destiny, maybe this is predetermined, maybe we are supposed to do this, and, and you know that could be dangerous thinking. Not that it would happen to the Patriots, because yeah, I think Bill Bill Belichick would train that one right out of him. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. And uh, I mean, what can we read into uh, when we talk about you, you know these? profiles these astrological profiles we can do or you know psychic intuition and what you can see into these people how much of what we don't see in these players and these coaches we only know you know between the lines we don't really know that much about them would it be possible for somebody to make these inferences about them based on who they truly are like linda can you get visions regarding these players uh, get in- intuitions regarding these players because you don't really know who they are it's not like you're making a connection it, making a connection or actually having them physically in front of you mm-hmm. makes it much easier to pick up their energy field and get a lot of information about them. And that works really the best for me is actually having the person there. But if I sit and try to think about the person and ask for information, I hope that what I receive is uh, the right information. Because uh, you can't just say, you know, how many yards is Tom Brady going to throw for and you tell me 350? I have no idea. That sure. would just Like I said... You know, everything is free will. You know, he might stumble on the field. He might throw a best throw we ever through and throw the whole length of the, who knows. And I like I like to look at it too as, as Lawrence Maroney might, you know, have the game of his life and then Tom doesn't have to throw as much. So, he doesn't have to save his arm for anything. This will be the last game for a while. He can rest up after this one. Sure, maybe that nagging shoulder injury he's had for like four years can finally uh, heal. I don't know how much injuries play into what you look at either, uh, either of you. If, you know, we get injury reports as writers and fans can have access to them, and it kind of gives us an idea of knowing who's going to play and who isn't, uh, would, you know, that type of report, that type of injury, would that kind of factor into what the outcome could be? Uh, I I follow injury reports very closely. I want to know who's going to be on the field and, and who isn't. You know, I... I, I would never just operate with astrology. I always try to combine the astrology with, you know, as much football knowledge as as I can muster. And, and, and obviously injury reports are important, and I'm also aware of, of how they can be manipulated, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially here in New England. Yeah, uh, it's a nice mind game, and, and I enjoy that kind of thing. It's a nice uh, screw you back to the NFL uh, so, Linda, you think that, you know, having these injuries... Well, if they're not on the field, of course, you know, they don't have to worry about it because they're not going to be playing. And I said at a game or two ago that one of the... Was it the Patriots, the one they were playing against, did have an injury and was still playing quite well. Mm-hmm. It's happened uh, so to them a couple of times. Yeah. But the injury doesn't really play into, you know, what the outcome... If I don't know about the injury, I'm going to get whatever reading... They're going to tell me either he's going to play well regardless of an injury or not, or he's not because of it. I don't know if he has an injury or not, so it doesn't. But, I mean, if somebody's taking the field and not feeling 100%, um, can that affect whether or not they're going to live up to what you're seeing ahead of time? Right, it would affect that, yes, definitely. Same as free will would. Right. And uh, so, and Courtney, you said that um, 
If you had to make a prediction for MVP, you'd think Tom Brady? Yeah, I'd, I'd say Tom Brady and the Patriots by two or three points. And and, and by the way, I mean, the, the, the way I work, if I've actually got a birth time for a player, I can usually see if they're in pain, if they're going to be limited. And if I've, if I've worked with them enough, like I, I, I did Troy Aikman for years, and I had an excellent birth time for him. And you can usually tell when he was going to be injured and what part of the body. You know, there, if you have an exact birth time, you can get a lot of information. You could have saved like him a lot that. of trouble if you could have told him that ahead of time. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, uh, well, you know, you, you can't stop it. I mean, telling them is, is not going to necessarily well, stop it. they still got to go out and play. Linda was saying that earlier. You know, if she tells you you're going to get hit by a bus and you dodge one bus, as soon as you turn the corner, there's going to be another one waiting for you. So. Yeah, football's dangerous. But the um, the way that the uh, astrological situation will be, the, the astrological forecast for tomorrow, uh, is that going to favor anybody in particular uh, individually that you know of? Uh, yeah, Tom Coughlin looks real good, and so does Eli Manning. <laughs> I kind of meant on the Patriots. You said that, you mentioned them earlier. I was hoping maybe there was at least one Patriot that, you know, might be a good sign for that you knew of, but. Yeah, Mr. Brady looks good, and, and, and Kevin Falk doesn't look too bad. But I'm, 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 I'm telling you, this is going to be a dogfight. Trying it's to end this one close. on a more upbeat note for our local listeners. But, no, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, we, the way that we presented these different sides, I mean, is this going to make people think that, you know, we can predict every sporting event this way? Probably not. But is it going to make them look at this as a possibility of a way to analyze, you know, life situations and what goes on? Well, I hope so. I th- I'm hoping that this is just an example of a game that everybody that's listening to this show will be able to watch tomorrow. And they'll be able to make the connections and say, gee, you know, they, they kind of hit some things on the head there. And they can look at these alternative ways of, uh, you know, dissecting what happens to us in life. Uh, Courtney, I don't know how much you follow basketball. <laughs> oh, a bit. Maybe we can have you come back on uh, during the NBA playoffs and, uh, and predict a Celtics victory in the NBA finals. Yeah. That would be great. That would be something. It'd be great for me, too, because it means extra work, because I also cover them, too. So. Oh, great. The further great. they can go, the more money I can make. And yeah, we that's, that's my other sport is basketball. Football is my number one. Basketball is, is a distant second, but it is second. What's your basketball team? Do you have one? Or is it the same approach, just whoever is winning? Yeah, well, you know, I lived in Not the fair-weather fan aspect of it. That's not what I meant. Yeah, I, I love the Spurs. Right, maybe it is a fair weather fan aspect. I don't, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not a fair weather fan I'm aspect. It is is an astrologer desperately trying to preserve my my objectivity, and, and that's just the way that that I do it. I I think you'd have to be in my shoes to understand. Because I know Linda doesn't doesn't really follow basketball. We had her work on the draft lottery. And well, I got one right. You did, but the fact that you didn't bring that bias into it is what made it yeah. interesting. So that's why. We'll definitely talk to you guys coming up. Uh, you know, and I do the NHL playoffs, but hey, nobody follows the NHL. Not anymore. <laughs> so. All right, well, thank you, Courtney, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great. And go, Pat. Yeah, enjoy the game tomorrow. Everybody can go to her website, CourtneyRobertsHome.com, and you can find out more about her books and about her services that she offers there. So check it out, and we'll talk to you real soon, Courtney. All right. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thanks. Take care. And, of course, Linda Lynch, is uh, her website is Wind Walker Healing, and she also works with Three Sons uh, in the North End of New Bedford. They have a website for their store? Uh, it's um, Three Sons New 
NB.com, I believe. Okay, and that's three is in the III? Right. The Roman numeral right. three? And everybody's out this Wednesday night. I'll be at the Ice Chest with Absolute. All right. Now, how much Absolute do you have when you're at the Ice Chest? That's the question. I don't. I don't drink. I was going to say, you don't want to drink while you're doing readings. No, I don't like, drink at like, all, so. Okay. There you go. Can If I go, can I drink and then you get a reading? most right. definitely can, as long as you're not driving. No, definitely not. I'm going to make one of these guys drive me. Okay. All right, so there you have it, our Super Bowl prediction special. We got a lot of predictions from some of our listeners. We'll get in touch with you if you are the winner. And uh, remember, you know what? Hey, why don't we extend it a little bit too? The game's at what, 6 o'clock tomorrow? Anybody who emails me at tim at spookysouthcoast.com or you can email all of us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com by noontime on Sunday with your prediction of what the score is going to be and who the MVP is going to be and uh, make sure you include your name and a phone number or some other way we can get a hold of you besides email. And what we'll do is we'll put you into the mix as well. And then if you win, you get the Spooky South Coast T-shirt, the hat, bumper stickers, pens, and you get a 10-minute reading with Linda either via phone or in person. So there you have it. That's our Super Bowl prediction show. We got everybody's predictions. Yep. Everybody made their, their prediction? All right. Yep. Mine will be in the newspaper tomorrow, again, because I don't remember what I wrote. So <laughs> I just know I picked the Patriots and I picked them to cover the spread. So for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, and for all our great guests tonight, we want you all to stay spectacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least... Until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something that is.